Good morning, Berean family. You guys can do better than that. It's going to be a long day. You guys can talk back to me sometimes, not like through any period of time because it might be kind of weird, but you can say good morning back or, you know, like amens, stuff like that. I just want to give you, make sure we're clear on that. Um, you can also laugh at bad jokes. That's cool too. Um, otherwise, this gets pretty awkward. Anyways, welcome to Berean. Glad to see you here. This is my favorite day of the week. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but gathering together as a family on Sunday mornings. Man, we, we, I think I took it for granted for a long, long time, and then this whole COVID thing, really, when we, we were separated for a period of time and doing everything online, it, it really caused me to realize how much I had taken this for granted, and boy, I love meeting with all of you and worshiping with you, and it's, it really is, it's a, it's a highlight of my, of my week, is the Sunday morning with all of you, and I hope you guys feel the same way. Um, anybody tired of hearing about how we're living in strange times? right? Too bad. We're going to talk about it again. We're living in strange times. It's just, it is what it is, right? I'm tired of it too, uh, but, it, but it's the reality that we are in right now. And um, as we're getting, we're approaching this new season, a, a ministry season and school uh, starting up and all that kind of stuff, uh, there's so much going on. You know, the whole COVID thing that we're all so sick of, the numbers are starting to rise and there's lots of questions as to, you know, what are we going to do as a as a church, what are the schools going to do? Are they going to require kids to wear masks? Are they going to be able to meet in school all year? And then you have our first responders. There, um, there, there are, there are um, institutions that are saying, well, if, you, if you're going to serve people here, you're going to have to be vaccinated. And people are making all the decisions around that. And I'm not going to make a comment on, on that. However, here's what, here's what I know. We as a church family need to be praying for one another. We need to be lifting one another up in prayer. As our kids are getting ready to go off to school, we need to be praying for them. We need to be praying for our teachers and our administrators who are trying to make decisions uh, on what to do next. We need to be praying for our first responders and, and those who work in the medical field. We need to be praying for these people in our community and in our body, as, as many of them have a lot of questions as to, as to what to do next in this next season. So uh, before we jump into our sermon today, would you join me as we lift uh, this group of people up to, to the Lord? God, God, we thank you for your family. It is, it is just so neat how as, as born-again believers... You've given us new life, and you've given us new hope, and you've given us a new family, this amazing extended family of brothers and sisters. And God, while we are getting weary of saying so, we are living in what seems to be very strange times. There are a lot of decisions to be made, parents trying to decide what school to put their kids in. We have teachers and school administrators trying to decide what to do to make uh, their classrooms um, uh, um, healthy and, 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 and safe. We have first responders and people working in healthcare that, that are dealing with this over and over again and now uh, having, in some cases, forced to make decisions as to whether or not they ought to get vaccinated. And God, what we need right now is your grace. We need your grace in these situations. We need your, your Holy Spirit to guide and to give wisdom and discernment to the leaders in our community. God, we, we know that these are indeed strange times. We also know that you're not surprised by them. And then you have a plan even through this season. And that plan includes using your church, your people, your children to reach those who are far from you. So during these strange times, God, not only do we ask for wisdom and discernment on what to do next, but God, we pray for a gospel movement to go in and through Berean Baptist Church into the heart of Ohio and beyond. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So Brian, by the way, since we brought this up, what are we going to do here at Brian? You know, we had this season of being closed down. Uh, by the way, when I talked about this in the first service, I think everybody started coughing. It was really awkward. Um, and there were dry coughs too. Uh, but uh, what are we going to do next? I just wanted to let you know right now, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, okay? So that's the important caveat. But at this, at this moment in time, we have no uh, intention of, of closing down any time. I think that gathering as a, as a body of believers is, is vitally important, and we ought to continue to do so. Um, and if somebody's not comfortable with that, we have our online option, but we plan on continuing to uh, gather together. So uh, there will be no, uh, while well, I'm pastor here, there will be no vaccine passport at Brian, okay? Uh, nothing like that. So uh, just rest at ease and, and just stay away from everybody if you want to. Sound good? Anybody else just feel like, hey, we're all adults. Let's just make the decision best for our families here. That's kind of where I'm at. So um, that's enough of that. I'm sick of it myself. You know, as followers of Christ, we have this large and awesome family. I've spoken about this before, but have you ever traveled somewhere where you went to church where you knew nobody, but yet you felt connected to the people in the room? Anybody? It's so awesome. Have you ever traveled to a place where they don't speak your language, they don't speak English, and they're worshiping, but you don't have a, I, any idea what they're saying, but you feel this connection, this bond of the Holy Spirit that happens? It's so neat. It's like every time we go to a church and we travel and all that, it's like going to a family reunion where you don't know how crazy everybody is, <laughs> right? It's so neat to have this amazing family all the way around us. Uh, you know, as important as that family is, we also have our, our natural families, our birth families. And for some of us, it's really good. And we've had really good experiences with our families, and some of us, not so much. You know, I know, I know for myself, I don't believe that I'd be standing here before you if it wasn't for the fervent prayers of my uncles and my grandmother. Daily in my life, while I was wondering from the Lord, they were praying for me. Daily. I was uh, visiting my dad in central Pennsylvania here just a few weeks ago, and and I uh, was talking to one of my uncles, 90-some years old. He uh, doesn't get around like he used to. He has some health struggles. But, but also let me know that he's still praying for me. Man, it's so good to have family members that are praying for me. I believe, uh, again, that's one of the reasons why I'm here today. We, we were born into our earthly families. And because of that, there are, there's this natural connection to those who uh, share our genetics, right? We have this natural connection. But as followers of Christ, we have been born again. And now we have this amazing extended family where those on your right and left are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Our identity has, has because of this, has shifted. And we have been given a secure place in the family of God. And it is a sweet, sweet thing to be part of the family of God. We're going to be looking today in Colossians chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there now. Now typically... Uh, whatever text I preach, I just read the entirety of the text. and We're going to do it a little bit differently today um, because we're going to be looking at the first 17 verses. So it would be quite a lot to start off with reading. So we're just going to break it up as we go. Um, but before we jump in, let's, let's go back to the Lord in prayer. God, we just thank you for the fact that we have this new identity in you. I, I don't want to just go past that so quickly. We do talk about it, but I, I feel like we could talk about this daily. The fact that, that you have saved us, you have redeemed us, you have given us new hope, you have given us a future, you have given us victory, and you have given us this sweet family. 
God, help us to, to step in and embrace this new identity we have as followers of you, but help us to step in and embrace our role and our responsibility in our new family. God, we just thank you for that. As we go to your word today, Lord, may, may your spirit guide and direct my words and our thoughts that we all might take a step closer to you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So here in Colossians 3, uh, we're going to learn that it's our, it's our new life in Christ that informs our relations in our new family, the body of Christ. Uh, for the first point that we're going to discuss as we open this text is this, this. It's a, we have a new life, and in that new life, we get changed perspectives. We start seeing things differently. Uh, many of us, you've heard stories of people who have had near-death experiences and how it changed their entire outlook on life. Maybe somebody was in a really bad accident and didn't know if they were going to pull through. And when they did finally pull through, it's just like they viewed things differently. The, the time with their family was more sweet. They, they started to realize that they, they were valuing things that didn't matter so much, and they were undervaluing, undervaluing the things that did. We all know stories uh, like that. You get a changed perspective with a near-death uh, um, situation. Well, as born-again believers, as people who have passed from death into life, we have been given a new perspective. Listen to the first couple of verses here in Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ. Can I just stop there? I'm sorry, I didn't do this in the first service. I just want to stop there. When we read words like this, you have been raised with Christ. I can't overstate how amazing this is. We pass from, from death into life. There is victory over sin. There is victory over death. There is nothing that can come against you that will remove you from the hand of God. Not COVID, not bad relationships, not a bad boss, nothing. You are in Christ. You have been raised in Christ. Raised from what? You are raised from death. You are raised from death into life. A life that nobody can snatch from you. Nothing you can do can cause you to lose it. It's held by the sovereign hand of God. Listen, if then you have been raised with Christ, there's a sermon right there. You have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is. A new perspective. Seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you all, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who appears, your life appears. I'm sorry, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Friends, our new life that we have been given, as we have been raised with Christ, our new life demands some significant shifts in our lives. We should have a different perspective. First of all, we should have a shift in our identity. We have a shift in our identity as God, again, He has done the miraculous. He has brought us from death into life. We are, we are no longer who we once were. We are different people with a different identity for we have been raised with Christ. That, dead, that old man, that old woman has been is now dead and passed away. Live and step into this newness of life that you have with this new identity you have as somebody who has been redeemed by the shed blood of the Lamb. Friends, this is good news this morning. We need some good news in our lives, don't we? 
Man, don't watch TV or get on Facebook. It's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. Why? It's just bad news, bad news, bad news. Well, guess what? You have good news. You have been raised from death into life. And now you live as a testimony to that goodness and holiness of God that you've been redeemed. And the people that are around you who are headed for hell, literally, they need to hear it. We need to step into this shifted identity as children of the Most High God. That old man, that old woman is dead and passed away. Let him stay dead and live in the newness of life. The newness of life that comes in Christ. A shift in our identity. We should have a shift in our attention. The text says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Listen, I'm going to spoil it for you. If Christ doesn't return soon, at some point, we're all going to die. Everybody says, amen, right? Our earthly bodies won't last forever. This is just, it's, it's just true. Whether, again, if it's COVID, whether it's whatever it is, it's not going to last forever. Stop focusing on that and worrying about that. Focus on things of above. Stop worrying about all these little things that happen in our lives. One day when we're standing in heaven before God, so many things that we worried about on earth won't matter anymore. Set your minds on things that are above. Set your mind. You are now in Christ. Set your mind on heavenly things. We have a shift in our identity as new believers or as followers of Christ. We have a shift in our attention. Why? Because we have a shift in our destination. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. You can skip to the end of your book and find out what happens, guys. In Christ you have life. You will appear with Him again in glory. That's how this is all going to shake out, if you were wondering. Follower of Jesus, you will appear again with Christ in His glory. That's how this ends. Because you are part of the family of God. You have been saved. You have been redeemed. You have been set free. You have been given victory over sin and death. We can't say it enough. Well, how good of the news that is. In our new life, we have a changed perspectives. Also in our new life, we have a new way of living. You know, if, if you haven't done this before, you should do this. And if you haven't done it in a while, do it again. Take some time and journal and write down some of the ways your life has changed since you have been, uh, become, began following Christ. Make a note of how your life has changed. I think many of you will be surprised at uh, all of the things that you can list. Like, my goodness, God has changed so many parts of my life for the better, but there's still a ways to go. But if you start writing and you realize there hasn't been that much of a shift, it could be that you're still an infant in Christ and it's time to grow up. Man, that's, that sounded harsh, didn't it? But it's true. For some of us, we just kind of stay in infancy and we don't grow into Christ and we miss out on so many of the blessings that we could have in life right now. Don't miss out on that. Don't miss out on that. You, you, you've accepted Jesus and, and you, you've, uh, you've entered into this family. You've received the blessing of eternal life. Now, receive the blessing of growth now in your life. We have a new way of living the text continues, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. That's strong language, is it not? He doesn't say, you know what, try to stay away from some of the things you used to do. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. 
sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. There's new expectations for us while we're walking with Christ, but we have the indwelling Holy Spirit to help us to meet those expectations. We should be new and changed people every day. Now, I, I, want, to, I want to be clear on this. I have not arrived. I need to constantly work through this list and make sure that I'm putting the old man to death and I'm walking in the newness of Christ. This is an ongoing effort for me. It's an ongoing effort for all of us, right? Can I get an amen that none of us have arrived yet? We might have a visitor in here and be like, you know, I've heard about churches and everybody there, they get everything so right. And listen, we don't. We don't. We make mistakes. Every single man, woman, and child in this room and watching online, we make mistakes and we have to consciously put to death the old man and the old woman. It doesn't happen naturally. It's something that we have to go out and do. But there are those new expectations in our lives. Now that we have become new people with a new life, there are new expectations as to what is acceptable in our lives. And it should be what, we, what, what is acceptable to us as well. We have a new understanding of God's wrath. Now as followers of Jesus Christ, we will not personally see His wrath, but we have a new understanding of His wrath. God's wrath is coming for those who don't put, death, uh, put to death evil in their lives. And friends, this should be a great motivation for us as followers of Jesus to be bringing life in Christ to the heart of Ohio and beyond, right where we're at. Because just like we were snatched from death and into life, there are many people in and around us, in our community, in our family, in our neighborhoods, and maybe even in the church, that need to step into the grace of God. And we are here to help with that. How are we going to do that if we're still living in a flesh? How useful are we going to be if these things are said about us, that we, that we live in sexual immorality and impurity and in our passion? That we, are, we, we live and embrace in an evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. How, how much luck and how much, how much success are we going to have in, in reaching the lost for Jesus Christ if, if people say and they look at the church and say they're people filled with anger, with wrath, with malice, with slander. They're always talking negatively about one another. Uh, they're always telling the obscene joke. They're always lying to each other. How much success are we going to have? Probably not very much. Put those things to death in your life. Put those things to death in your life. If you have a problem looking at images in your computer, if you need to, throw your computer out your window and let it explode on the ground. If you have a problem with watching TV shows that you shouldn't watch, put a hammer through your dumb TV. I'm serious. Put this stuff to death. If you can't stop talking about a brother and sister in Christ, go talk to them and tell them what you've been saying and see how you feel. Put that stuff to death. Don't put it on the side. Put it to death. Put it to death. Why? We have this new way to interact with one another as followers of Jesus Christ. 
Holy Spirit-powered new ways, might I add. You're not on your own in this endeavor. You aren't on your own in this endeavor. You can be powered by the Holy Spirit of God. That's what makes this possible. That's what makes this possible. The text says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its Creator. We have some vision being cast here, right? Hey, you're not the same person you were before. Act like it. You are a new person indwelled by the Spirit of God. Act like it. Don't lie to one another. Listen, we are a family, and we, we need to sometimes we need to have hard conversations, but let's do so honestly with one another. We have put off that old self and the practices that went with it, put on a new self, which is which becoming more like Christ in our lives. That's our new lives that we have, and the text continues. What do we do with this new life? We also have this new family. And in this new family, there is only one in charge. That that one that is in charge is greater than the rest, and that is Christ the King. And the rest of us, as followers of Jesus, are equal at His feet. There is only one in charge in the kingdom of God. That's Christ the King. The rest of us are equal in His feet. Colossians 3.11 Here there is, is not Greek, not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. That means if you look to your right and your left, that brother and sister in Jesus Christ, you are of no less value or uh, no greater value than them. We are equal at the feet of Christ. In the family of God, there is true and real equality. We all share the same standing in Christ as those who have been redeemed. So often in the church, we value position. We value roles. We, we value responsibilities. We put people at pedestals, on pedestals, and it's, it's not good for anyone. Whatever your role is, whatever your gift is, whatever your skill is, you are equal to everybody else in the body of Christ. We're the ones, our flesh is the ones who have put values on these things. Now that doesn't mean we have the same gifts. It doesn't mean that we have the same roles. It doesn't mean we have the same responsibilities. But the same value. And it's important for all of us to hear that today. We all too often, again, we value people based on their roles. And in so doing, we do things like rob people of the value of the role that's set before them. I can think of no other group of people in, in, uh, in, in our culture that we at the church has undervalued more than women. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to tick some people off. It'll be fun. I think the church has done a really good job at undervaluing the roles and responsibility of biblical femininity by saying, if women, if you are to be valued, you need to take a position that, that was God had created for a man to do. What is that saying? That's saying, you know what? This position that God created man to do is, is a higher value so we all should go for it. It's not true. It's different. It's a different role. It's a different responsibility, and it's not a higher value. Let's do a better job at valuing things like biblical masculinity and, and valuing things like biblical femininity. God knew what he was doing when he created us. And it's a good thing. Let's stop allowing culture to influence the way we see that as well. Now this means what this text is saying is we have the same destination. We have the same love from our Father. 
No one is more important than anybody else, regardless of gender, ethnicity, gift, skill, or role. I want you to understand that not just in the kingdom of God, but at Brian Baptist Church, no one is more important than somebody else. We're all equal and the same at the foot of the cross. And we, when, we, when we think about our relationships in the kingdom of God and in the family of God, we need to have that understanding. In our new family, we are equal. The text continues here in our new family. How, it gives us instructions on how we ought to interact with one another. Listen to verses 12 through 15. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, go and tell everybody on Facebook. And, no, I'm sorry, it's a different version. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. He says here, put on then. Put on what? As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Do you know you're standing before God? He sees His Son, Jesus. You are now holy and beloved. Put on then as God's chosen ones. What? Compassionate hearts. Do you have compassion to those around you? Kindness. Humility. Meekness and patience. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against you, forgiving each other as Lord has forgiven you. This is an area where we need constant growth. We need to learn how to nurture healthy conflict within the body of Christ. The best way to do that, by the way, if there's somebody you had a coarse word with or there's been an offense, go only to that person and no one else. Go only to that person and no one else. And what I think you're going to find more often than not is you guys, are going to, you guys are going to be able to forgive one another and move on. The more people you talk to about the problem, the more complicated the conflict becomes. And the more conversations that you're going to need to have based on it. Go only to that person. And remember that we must forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. You know your life. You know what's in your heart. You know what's in your head. You know what's in your past. You know, you know how uh, your propensity to sin and, 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 and the besetting sins that you're dealing with. You know all of those things, how you've rebelled continuously about, uh, from God for a number of years. You know all these things, yet God has forgiven you. What has somebody done to us that we can't forgive? As God has forgiven us in our rebellion, we can forgive those within the body of Christ. Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven us. And above all these, put on love. Do you know we need to choose to love others? Even in a marriage, it doesn't always come naturally, right? To love someone, to love your spouse. We need to love one another, and that's a conscious decision to put somebody else's wants, needs, and desires sometimes before our own. Are we loving one another? And let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. We are to live in peace with one another. And sometimes that means we have to go and, and make peace and fight for peace and have the awkward and hard conversations 
within the body of Christ so that we can have forgiveness, so that we can move on as a family. Don't neglect that responsibility, church. Don't neglect it. Step into it fully. And I think you're going to find it's good for you as well. We have this new family with instructions on how to interact with one another. And also in this new family, we have the ability to be growing together. To grow together. Listen to verses 16 and 17. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You know, much of this, what's described in this text in this portion here, we attempt to do as we gather together on a Sunday morning service. And remember, it's just a free commercial here. We're not coming to church. We are the church. We're coming to worship together as a body of believers. And we're able to do some of these things, right? There's, some, there's teaching there, that we sing together. We praise the Lord. We pray together. We do those things. But it's hard to really do all of these things well when we have two services and hundreds of people. How do we admonish one another when we don't know what's going on in each other's lives? Boy, that's difficult to do, isn't it? Well, at Berean, we have a plan, and, 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 and that's to step fully into this thing that we're calling missional communities. It's our desire that everybody at Berean Baptist Church will be able to move into and be a part of a missional community. Because it's in those smaller communities that we can really uh, uh, do these things that, that we're called to do. It's in these missional communities that's going to become the primary place at Brian that where we execute these instructions we find in verse 16 and 17. And then some, as we're going to be serving, uh, uh, seeking to serve those in our community in various ways so that we can share the love of Christ with our neighborhoods. So again, we, we want everybody at Berean to be able to step into and join a missional community. Um, if you don't already know him, he's in the corner. Stand up real quick, Len Trail. Uh, if, if you have questions about this, if maybe you're interested in hosting, leading, or attending a missional community, do me a favor and seek out Lentrail. If you find me, I'm going to say, hey, go find Lentrail. So start off with Lentrail on that. Uh, we really, you're good, thanks, man. We really would love for everybody to be a part of that because that's where when the, when the family can really come together well is in the smaller communities. Uh, some of you have already been part of small groups, and in that small group, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're, you're, a, you're a tight-knit family. You know each other's needs and struggles and all those things, and you can step into those. And that's what we want for all of you and for us as well as a staff. We're wanting all of us to step into that. Friends, we have become a new people. We have become new people. We've been given this new incredible family, and we're all equal at the feet of the cross. We're going to have a song here, and before we do, would you join me in prayer? God, you are indeed a good father. It's, it's, it just blows my mind that you have given us a new life. I know for myself, I'm so undeserving. I'm so undeserving of having the opportunity to spend eternity with you. But also to be able to join you in mission now. What an incredible blessing. And to not do so alone, but with this amazing and awesome family that we get to admonish one another. We get to grow up together. We get to serve you together. We get to see changed lives together. God, and we do all these things empowered by your Holy Spirit, which you have given to us. 
And we get to do these things in the power of your Spirit. That same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us, your children. That we may do good works, that we may put to death flesh, that we may have forgiveness in our relationships, that we may serve one another, that we may serve the community. And God, we thank you so much for all of those things. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.